Hello and welcome to the Ghosts and Folklore podcast. I'm Mark Rees and on each episode I investigate a different, weird and wonderful subject. And for this episode we are going to look at a cautionary tale which warns us never to mess with goats. Yes, goats. I didn't mispronounce ghosts there. Goats. G-O-A-T-S. Those horny farmyard animals. But as you've come to expect with this podcast, these will not be any ordinary goats that we look at. Goats, they can look quite cute and, and fluffy and harmless enough, can't they, at times? This one, let's just say, I don't, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's a slightly darker ghost. A slight goat. <laughs> See, I've jinxed myself now. By making that joke at the start, I'll be saying ghost all the way through. But no, that, that's it. I promise. No more. No more ghosts. But it does get quite dark. It is a little bit sinister. But... I think anyone with an interest in in folklore, in folk tales, in in horror films, in folk horror certainly, will be aware of this this idea of the goat being in some way diabolical, a manifestation of of the devil himself. And I think the best example of that recently on the big screen is probably Black Philip. Black Philip, the infamous goat, who can lure you away with the offer of living deliciously. From The Witch, the film by Robert Eggers, the uh, New England folktale The Witch, which, if you haven't seen, I would highly recommend. And, of course, in another of my my all-time favourite films, in Hammer Films' adaption of The Devil Rides Out, Dennis Wheatley's The Devil Rides Out, we get another big-screen version of a goat-like demonic entity, albeit this one is a a two-legged goat-like creature. But anyway, back to this goat in Wales, this Welsh goat. And the story I am going to tell you is called Cadwallader and his goat. Appropriately enough, it's about a man called Cadwallader and he has a goat. And not just any old goat, it is, we are told, a very handsome goat called Jenny. Cadwallader was very proud of Jenny. And so he should be. She was very well behaved. She gave him no trouble. And so you could describe Jenny then as the total opposite of Black Philip, as we were just discussing. Until, that is, until things changed one night. One fateful night, she would not let Cadwallader catch her. She ran around and around in that field, and we are told that while Cadwallader was fleet of foot, nevertheless, he could not catch Jenny. Maybe she did have a bit of that uh, Black Philip spirit in her after all. And she didn't stop there. After running around the field and not letting Cadwallader get anywhere near her, she became even naughtier still and went one step further and jumped over the fence into the next field and then over the mountain wall towards the mountain itself. And playfully... She teased Cadwallader if if goats are capable of of such a thing, but she would allow him to get to within pouncing distance and then scamper off again further into the distance. And this went on for for quite some time, back and forth, back and forth, and they were getting, or certainly Cadwallader was getting a little bit tired of it and a little bit worn out. But eventually, 
Jenny rushed up to the top of a high precipice from a vantage point up on high. And it was there that Cadwallader, who we are told had been getting wilder and wilder, he was getting angrier the longer this went on. His breath became shorter. He picked up a great stone and threw it at the exasperating animal with all his force. His favourite goat, who he had loved dearly for so long, had pushed him to the point where he picked up a stone and hurled it at the goat with all of his strength. And that stone smacked into Jenny's head and smacked her off that precipice. She went tumbling down from that high vantage point. Or, as it's described in the original fairy tale, which is a wonderfully a wonderfully dark way of putting it, a very, uh, very sort of Victorian uh, outlook on things, but we are told that Jenny fell bleating to her doom. Bleating to her doom. There are not many stories where people, or not, not so much people really, it's ghosts or goats, isn't it? But anything, person, goat or ghosts, fall bleating to their doom. Now, Cadwallader instantly was very, very sorry for what he had done. He made his way to the foot of the crag in search of the injured Jenny. Now, there is a bit of good news for goat fans here. She did not entirely bleat to her doom, but she was not in a good shape. The goat, we are told, was dying, but nevertheless licked Cadwallader's hand. And we can only assume that, I mean, th this this isn't in the story, but I am assuming if, if I was a goat in a similar position, the goat is, is saying, look, you know, I was only having a bit of fun, only messing around. I've been locked up in a field for God knows how long. And it expressed all of this by licking Cadwallader's hand. If, if my, my knowledge of goat psychology is as good as I think it is. And this really did affect Cadwallader badly. It, the, the, the lick in his hand, it went straight to his heart. He realized what a, what a stupid thing he had done, what a foolish goat keeper he had been. And with that, he burst into tears and he sat on the ground next to the goat. He took Jenny's head on his arm. He was cradling the dying goat. It's it's enough to bring a tear to anyone's eye, isn't it? It's a it's a terrible, terrible heart wrenching tale. But suddenly, the goat was transformed into. Now I know you're expecting the devil or something diabolical and terrible and something Black Philip like, something Dennis Wheatley like to happen. But in fact, the goat, with its head cradled in Cadwallader's arm, transformed into a beautiful young woman which is a stroke of luck isn't it from Cadwallader's point of view it could have been anything and a beautiful young woman was much more preferable to well the, the devil like I guess or whatever else it could be now looking joyfully at him with great brown eyes she said the 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 beautiful young woman that Jenny the goat had turned into she said ah Cadwallader have I at last found you Come with me. Now, this leads me to believe that the goat and the woman are two different people. Because when she says, have I at last found you? Well, I mean, technically, the goat has been living with Cadwallader for its, its entire life. So they have different different brains going on here. But y yes, it was Cadwallader. And yes, he did go with her. He put his hand in hers and allowed her to conduct him away. Now, 
I know what you're thinking. I was thinking the same thing. Hand? Does does this, does she have five fingers like a normal looking hand? Or what what are we talking about? Well, luckily, the story does explain that. And it says, as for the hand, it felt just like a hoof. But when Kit Wilder looked at it, it seemed like an ordinary hand, though it was whiter and more shapely than any hand he had seen before. So is this an illusion, maybe? It looks like a hand, but it certainly doesn't feel like a hand. I'm sure you can tell the difference by touch. If something is a hoof, a goat's hoof, or a devil's hoof, or a beautiful young woman's hand. Either way, hand in hand, or hoof in hoof, or hoof, hoof in hand, or hand in hoof, the maiden led him on. And on. And we are seeing parallels here of what happened earlier, because while the goat led Cadwallader on and on in a wild goose chase or a wild goat chase, now this beautiful young maiden was also leading him on and on into the distance, but he was perfectly happy with being led on this time. And we are told that the conversation between them was the most agreeable conversation that Cadwallader had ever heard. I don't know what anecdotes and jokes she was cracking, but they must have been great. Cadwallader was smitten. At last, they came to the top of a very high mountain. Again, this has parallels with what happened earlier. The goat led him on and on until stopping at a high precipice. Now this young woman has led him to a high point herself, but a much, much higher point on top of a mountain. And by this point... Night had well and truly fallen. I'm assuming he, he went in chase at the sort of end of day, maybe when the sun was starting to set, but by now it was the moon that was lighting up the sky. And from that point, up on the wild Welsh mountain, lonely Welsh mountain, just the moonlight, and this, this beautiful strange young woman for company, Cadwallader looked around and saw that actually... This wasn't quite as romantic a scene as he first thought. They were not alone, this young couple on top of a mountain with the moonlight, but in fact they were surrounded. They were surrounded by, well, what is described as a countless flock of goats. And more than that, they were noisy goats. Very, very noisy goats. So loud, we are told that the din of a most unearthly bleating arose suddenly. <coughs> and if ever there was an episode that really needed one of my rubbish sound effects, I think it is this episode, The Sound of Goats. Although, I say rubbish, there's something slightly terrifying very very sinister about the sound of goats i i find and um if, if you were listening to that on headphones i hope it hasn't traumatized you too much that deafening din of those bleating goats and cadwallader certainly was terrified by what was going on his his emotions must have been up and down like a yo-yo during during all of this he'd gone from being perfectly happy with his goat to being incredibly angry and tired after chasing his goat 
to becoming happier than he has ever been in his life with the most beautiful woman and the most agreeable conversation. And now it's nosedived again because they are surrounded by God knows how many goats, all bleating like like that sound effect. (coughs) And it's all gone a bit wrong. And it was about to get a whole lot wronger. If that's a word, it was going to get a heck of a lot worse for Cadwallada because from among that throng of goats which surrounded them, one goat in particular stepped forward. This ghost, ghost, goat, this goat, I'm, I've done quite well, actually. I thought I'd have a lot more ghosts in here, but I've gotten until pretty much the end of the story with only one mess up, I think. So touch wood, that's the last. But this, this goat, not ghost, we are told, was larger than all the rest and bleated as loudly as all the rest put together. You might want to turn the volume up for this next sound effect because he bleated like... (coughs) And not only was he larger and not only was he louder, he had a particular dislike for this young man who was standing on top of the mountain. In fact, with his head down... And his horns raised to the sky, raised to the heavens. He rushed, rushed at Cadwallader and, butting him in the stomach, sent him toppling over. I think the parallel is now complete. Because whereas the goat had led Cadwallader on a merry but fun chase earlier, and it resulted in him knocking her with a stone from that high point... Well, Cadwallader himself had now been led astray, led up onto a high point, and just as he had thought he had killed the goat, the goat must surely now have thought that by butting him with so much force and knocking him from such a great height, surely he had killed Cadwallader in return. Well, actually, I was a little bit earlier at saying I think the parallel is complete because, of course, the first part does end with the goat dying in Cadwallader's arms. Jenny is dying with her head on Cadwallader's arm, but does, of course, come back to life, albeit as a beautiful young woman, not as a goat, but she does not die. And we are told in this case, Cadwallader went rolling down the mountainside and did not stop until his head went crash against a great rock. Bang! He was knocked out cold with such a force that he fainted away and did not recover consciousness until the sun and the singing birds awakened him in the morning. Now, the, the good thing about that, of course, is he did wake up, at least. This, this crack on the head did not end his life. And it was quite a pleasant wakening. He woke up to the sun shining and the birds singing. But that was to be the end of him meddling with and attacking goats and hopefully any other animals as well. He saw no more of either his goat, of Jenny, or the fairy she turned into from that day to his death. Now, that, I think, is an interesting little word which they've sneaked in right at the end of this story. There is not a single mention of fairies, of Utaluthtig, the Welsh fairy folk, anywhere in this tale until literally the last line. We are told that Jenny, when she turned into a beautiful young woman, in fact, 
turned into a fairy. Does that mean all of the other goats that surrounded them were also fairy folk, Utaloith Tig, but disguised as goats? Do they do that? Was that big, tough goat who, who sorted him out, was that a fairy in disguise? Or was it just a really strong goat? Was it even the devil? So many ifs, so many buts, so many maybes, I do not have the answers. What I do know is, even before reading that, I've watched enough horror films, I've read enough spooky books, and I've been invited to enough secret society gatherings under the moonlight. Well, actually, no, I've, I've, I've said too much. Forget that bit. Forget, forget the secret societies. But I, I've seen enough films and I've read enough books to know that in the world of folk horror, you do not go messing with goats of any shape or size. But maybe, maybe you do, I don't know. As always, it's great to hear from people. So if you have any thoughts to make, any comments on this episode, on this story, or if you just want to get in touch with me to say hello, maybe, maybe you're a goat who's taken offense of that story. I don't know, but I'm quite easy to find online. Just do a search for Mark Race and put the word journalist or author in, and I will pop up on a search engine. You can find my website, or you can find me on social media. I'm very active on Twitter. I've got a Facebook page and I'm on Instagram. So just do a search and you can track me down and we can talk about goats and Black Phillip, various other things online. And as always, again, if you have enjoyed that story and you don't want to miss any of the other upcoming weird and wonderful tales from Wales, which will be on this podcast, please consider hitting the subscribe button. It'll make me happy and you will never miss an episode ever. Now, before I wrap up this episode, I do have a quick update on my next book for you, because as you might remember, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that my much delayed new book, which was supposed to be out originally in the summer of 2020, as we all know, 2020 just fell to bits and all publication schedules went out the window. But the new date, the most recent date, is that the book should be in the shops this very week. In fact, it should be out on Monday, March the 15th. So depending on when you are listening to this, the book might even be out by now. You never know. That would be that would be great if it is. And if it is indeed released on March the 15th, I'll be having a special giveaway competition type thing on this podcast. And if you do pick up a copy in the meantime, if you do pick up Illustrated Tales of Wales, it's a collection of tales like this. There's, there's no goats in it, I don't think. But it's tales like this, fairy tales and myths and legends from Wales. Please drop me a message. Send me a photo of it on, on social media, maybe. It's always good to share share photos of uh, of the books. And if indeed it does turn up in the shops, because I'm not taking anything for granted anymore, but as soon as it does, I am going to record a very special edition of this podcast because there's there's one or two stories in there which I, I think are going to be new to, to a lot of people, if not everyone, and will make for some fascinating, fascinating podcasts. So watch this space. The quicker that book gets released, the quicker I can talk about them on this podcast. And after all that shameless plug-in of my book, let's get back to normal. And it just leaves me to say thank you very much for listening. Dioch and Varian and Grando. I've been Mark Rees. This has been my Ghosts and Folklore podcast. It's the best. It's the beautiful. 
It is the only Ghosts and Folklore podcast beaming to you from Wales to the world. Until next time, keep an eye out for those goats and no star. Mm-hmm.